Manimal here. It's Thursday, September 21st, and today on Texas Rangers with the boys, Kevin and I, we update the Otani injury. We've got AL West updates. We've got Rangers news and notes, and we're going to talk about those box scores with Boston from the last couple of days. So join us today, Texas Rangers with the boys. Hey, this is Mitch Garber. You're listening to Texas Rangers with the boys. Hey, thanks, buddy. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball. And we want to thank you for making us the first listen of your day. This is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. YBK Kevin Frazier. And you can find me on the social medias at Kevin Lee Frazier. That is F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. And don't forget to check out Texas Rangers with the boys on social media at TX Rangers WTB. And don't forget to check out our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. One word. Hey. And joining me, the, the rabbit's foot of the Texas Rangers, the good luck charm, the man who must now attend all home games in order for the Rangers to finish out this season strong, the 300-pound manimal, a.k.a. Bull. How you doing, buddy? And where can they find you on social? Well, I'm doing good, but that's not going to happen. I'm not going to be able to make it out to the remaining home games for the Texas Rangers, but I did make it out. You heard it here first, guys. Afternoon. You heard it here first. If the yeah. Rangers don't go to the playoffs or it'll win the division, my fault. it's it'll, on the 300-pound manimal. Okay, good. It'll, gotta, it'll, it'll all be my fault, and, and I'll, <laughs> I'll be able to live with that. I'll be able to, I'll be able to wake up on October 2nd and be like, well... I put the team in this spot. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> but we're doing good. I've got a family over at the house. It's been nice to nice to catch up with some some of Christie's family this uh, this past couple of days, and uh, you know where uh, her brother is getting married on Saturday. So, so we've got a busy weekend. So I won't be able to attend all all three of these Mariners games over the weekend, but I did have fun out there yesterday eating dollar hot dogs, watching the Rangers uh, score 15 runs. Mm. So yeah, before we get on too far, I'll let everybody know they can follow me on Twitter, Manimal Bull, Instagram, Manimal 300, and both uh, Facebook and TikTok at Bull Pro. So whatever your favorite platform of social media is, find me on there and we can discuss them 15 runs the Rangers scored yesterday. Absolutely. We are pumped. The Rangers now trailing the Houston Astros by a half game along with the Seattle Mariners. Rangers and Mariners tied in the AL West, or I'm sorry, tied in the wild card race. This Seattle, these two Seattle series are going to be probably some to remember. And we're going to hope they're they're historic in the in our favor because it's coming down to the wire. We are at, we are literally at crunch time, and these these next three games, and we will preview these three games uh, tomorrow against Seattle, are going to be huge. And what a great way to uh, to close a home stand out. Uh, it really it really felt good seeing the Rangers full squad yesterday. You're kind of seeing what they're going to look like in playoff baseball, especially even with John Gray struggling and them going directly to Martin Perez, they didn't give Gray a whole lot of time to work out of it, you know? I mean, so you're, you're kind of seeing how Bochy's going to 
manage this thing in the playoffs if there is a playoff situation for them here in a couple of weeks. And, and it's a bunch of fun. And, you know, I mean, uh, this summer has been tremendous, not only for the Rangers, but for for just baseball in general. The amount of people that are coming out to the ball yard this year has been fantastic. I think time of games, you know, we talked about this in the offseason. Is this going to hurt or help the game? And in my opinion, I didn't think that it was going to move the needle that much. But the idea of getting these things over in, in two and a half hours instead of three and a half hours is really has really been a, a nice change up for fans and, and major league baseball is thriving this year. Mm-hmm. And, and it really has been for a couple of years, but this year is, you know, the very first year that, that I mean, we're a hundred percent back from COVID. There's no, there's no tell on any of that stuff. And, and, you know, baseball has been, it's been a fun season. You haven't had all the, the same old, same old, because, you know, I mean, it, uh, remember, if you remember correctly, our our thoughts on the season, you know, we had those same old teams, the Mets, the Yankees, the the Cardinals um, making the playoffs. And, and those aren't the teams that are going to be playing in the playoffs this year. And it's, it's going to be fun. So it's been a really fun season. And uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's been it's just been a bunch of fun to to watch the Rangers go through this, this whole season. And, and, and now that we're down into this, this final stretch run, it's really nice to see them healthy. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the time of game and we don't have to get in a rabbit hole here. We've talked about it at length throughout the season, but going to the games and watching the games on television, the pace of the game, I believe this is one of the best decisions. And again, I know Manfred gets absolutely destroyed uh, on social media by anybody and everybody. But I believe this was one of the best moves that baseball has made in a long time uh, to help the health of the game and to make it palatable for the average fan. So really excited to see that. So that's my two cents on that. Let's jump into the probably the most important American League West news of the day. And that's going to be that uh, uh, Shohei Otani, you almost said Shinjiro Otani. Remember the old New Japan yeah, wrestler? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. almost said Shinjiro Otani, whom I absolutely love. But no, Shohei Otani is going to have a surgery, and he won't be pitching in all of 2024. So the Angels are going to have to come up with a plan to fill uh, fill that ace spot in their in their uh, rotation. Well, I think the Angels were going to have to come up with a plan to fill that role, regardless with uh, Otani being free this offseason. I don't think he's going to be back there. I think the Angels are going to have to go into a full rebuild mode. Uh, I, I really do. I think that Trout probably gets dealt in the offseason as well. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a long road back for the A or the Angels, but there's too many A teams in the American mm. West, isn't there? Like, that's just yeah, stop. Stuff. Um, yeah, no, I think that the, the angels, it's, it's going to be a long stretch back, but you know, I mean, it, what's, what's finishing behind the A's for a couple of years. Yeah. They're already close and they got Trout and Otani on their team. So they well, might go. And, and you couldn't be more correct. There's the Astros, the angels, and just to make it perfect, there's the A's like yeah. an actual team <laughs> called a with all of these A's in the American League West. So, yeah, well, and, uh, and, and I'm sure we'll spend a ton of time speculating on 
Otani's um, landing. Let's, let's leave us something to talk about during the offseason. Well, yeah, that'll be all the way through <laughs> until he signs. That's all we'll talk about. It'll be like Otani Watch 2023. Mm-hmm. But the, I think this the the thing that you got to take away from this the most is that that he should be ready to hit by open day. And, you know, will that contract, will they figure that out contractually where he doesn't have, I don't know. I mean, this first year, is it going to be one of those where he uh, basically doesn't take as much money in that first year because he's going to be hitting uh, or or what the case may be. So we'll just see if that affects the contract any or if the price to play with Otani is you got to pay him to hit just as much as you pay him to pitch this first year. So we'll just kind of follow that. But it's going to hurt the, uh, the Angels. I know that he's probably not coming back. I don't think that – I don't think that they're going to be able to entice him to come back because I'm in the five years that he's been there or whatever now that they just haven't won and they haven't done anything to even remotely seem like they were going to win. I, if you remember correctly earlier in the year when we talked about the uh, Angels, I go, man, I have no read on this team. They could win. They could win 70 games or they could win 90 games. Mm-hmm. And I mean, early in the year, they looked like a team that could win 90 games. And then they finished the season being a team that's going to probably win 70 games. So, as uh, yeah, I mean, like there was a reason why no one had any read on this team at all in the beginning of the season. Because you love Otani, you love Trout, you, you know, but you don't know what you're getting from Rendon, who probably right now is in the worst contract in Major League Baseball. And from all indication, everything you're hearing from Rendon is that, or from his camp and people that are around him is, he got his bag, he's done. He don't care about playing baseball no more. He got his money. Jesus. Well, let's move on to some Rangers news. Um, The real big question coming out of this series and and really over the last, I would say like maybe month or a little less than a month is, is Martin Perez, has he pitched his way back into this rotation? Before we we speculate, let me give you a couple of stats provided to me by our stats guy. Uh, He has a 257 ERA uh, since joining the bullpen, and in his last 11 innings, he is scoreless, only surrendering a 420 ops. What do you think about Perez back to the rotation? Well, here's the thing that uh, I saw with him yesterday is that there that, that swing and miss has kind of been back. The fade on the changeup looks really good, and his command for being for for not knowing when he's going to pitch and kind of being that long man out of the pen and but also being somewhat successful back there. So you don't know when he's going to pitch and how much he's going to pitch and stuff like that. I guess command has been really good and it it was really, really good yesterday. Uh, Me and my brother, Mike, we were joking around about uh, Martin Perez strikeout machine because he had five or six strikeouts in his four and two thirds innings. And, and uh, you know, he was, he was around the plate. He wasn't walking guys. When he did walk somebody, he threw a really deep change up that would get him the, the ground ball to get him out of it. So, you know, just really nice stuff from Martin Perez yesterday in the game. And, you know, with John Gray struggling, 
maybe maybe you just make that move where you put Martin Perez at his spot, but at the same time, you've got that spot for Max Scherzer that's going to come around. Um, also, I think I saw that Max Scherzer threw a bullpen yesterday. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I, I, they could have been talking about uh, – um, uh, when I heard that, like I was in the middle of, I can't remember if they were talking about the Braves closer that through a bullpen or if they were talking about Scherzer. So I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but, uh, so don't, so don't quote me on that, but, but, uh, at the same time, I mean, they got to fill it for a couple of more weeks and we'll see where Scherzer is probably next week. They'll probably get more of an evaluation on him and see if he's going to be, uh, able to pitch in the playoffs. Well, on my sense with uh, with Perez, I'll have to say that, you know, this is this is what I appreciate about this front office this year, because even with Odorizzi going down at the beginning of the year, um, we just they they were all in on depth as it related to starting pitching. Of course, we we would have liked to see that same approach to the bullpen, but we're seeing it pay off now in this extremely long season and maybe for Perez, you know, maybe the gas kind of ran out um, about mid season and that might've been attributed to some of his struggles. And maybe this move to the bullpen has helped him kind of refill the tank because remember he played in that world baseball classic. We talked about that at length. So I think maybe you're seeing a kind of a resurgence from Perez because maybe going to the bullpen also uh, gave his arm a rest. So that's my two cents on that. I'm ready to move on unless you got more uh, more notes on that. No, I, I mean, always have liked Marty Perez. It's nice to see him get things turned around. Yep, and we know he's up for a big especially, contract. Especially when we gave him $20 million to come to it for a year. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice yeah. to see him get things turned around. And, hey, you know, I mean, it's all forgiven if down this playoff push he's excellent. Absolutely, and he might uh, find himself still getting that contract if he – uh, can really shore up this Rangers pitching uh, yeah. rotation here towards the end of the year. Yeah, very fair. And, uh, you know, uh, if, if the Rangers don't give it to him, you know someone's going to in the league. I mean, because he's he's, oh, a, yeah. he's a valuable piece in the big leagues. And, and you know, I mean, if, if there's contracts out there every year for Jordan Lyles, yep. there's contracts out there for Martin Perez. Yeah, and I was going to say it, so you took the words out of my mouth. Let's talk about a couple of young outfielders for the Texas Rangers. Obviously, Evan Carter has just been a, a revelation uh, for this team since he's been up to the big leagues. But let's not forget that the Rangers' number four pick in the, their, four, their first round pick, fourth in the draft this year, Wyatt Langford, is, is on, a, on a historic, and you can't, I mean, you don't have any other word for it, but historic tar- start to his pro career has blazed through the entire organization all the way to Triple A in not even a half of a season. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a real meteoric rise. Yes, I mean, he's been every bit of better than I ever thought that he would be. I mean, like, no one was happier that moment that you saw was a Detroit that picked in front of te- Texas and they took Max Clark instead of Wyatt Langford. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, I, I was ecstatic. I knew that, I mean, like, Whatever you've got good managers in college baseball comparing you to Mike Trout, that's yeah. that's insane. So I'm in and, and you know, it was the Vanderbilt manager and we all know about the Vanderbilt baseball program. It's one of sure. the best in the country. 
is and and you know for him to, to speak that highly of Wyatt Langford, I was excited about it going in. I knew that you know Dylan Cruz probably wasn't going to fall to the Rangers. I didn't want to see him take another college arm in Paul Skeens, even though he's got amazing stuff. And, you know, I wasn't sold on either of the high school guys, which I think both of those guys, Jenkins and Clark, are going to both be really good players. But uh, for Wyatt Langford to just kind of fall in their lap and then for him to just st- I mean, start at the complex, hitting the ball, and now he's at AAA. I think he's hitting 500 in AAA over a couple of games. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, as, as uh, the guys over there on Twitter – Michael Tepin, those guys say he pisses on every ball that he hits. It's it's insane. I mean, it's like it's not even fair to to. Well, I guess it is fair. Who who knows? But you know, we've always talked about the Rangers having those surefire, you know, guys. And like back in the day when they would have, you know, Juan Gonzalez and Pudge Rodriguez and those guys coming up at the same time. Now they've kind of got this where they've got Evan Carter and Wyatt Langford coming up at the same time and then you've also got Owen White and Jack Leiter and those guys getting close to ready and so you know it's exciting times for the Rangers right now and 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 Wyatt Langford is is part of that excitement and you know I mean Bochy won't even rule out the idea that if something happens and they need a they need a player down the stretch that Wyatt Langford might be the first guy up if you know it, it was say for example that uh, Dallas Garcia came back too early or something like that, and he wasn't ready to play. And, but, you know, that could have been an opportunity where you saw Wyatt Langford instead of, like, coming back with Jose Martinez again. Yeah, yeah. And, honestly, um, I think I would be remiss not to take a minute right here and flip the script on our on our commercials and just tell you guys about our exclusive content. It's called Down on the Farm with the Boys, where we talk about these guys, the Wyatt Langfords, the Evan Carters, the uh, Jack Lighters and the Owen Whites of the world. These guys have been on our show. We've been talking about them at length all year long and covering players all the way down to the single A system and even the Arizona Complex or the Dominican Summer Leagues. So getting you familiar with everybody within this organization. So if you like our content here, you can ex- uh, subscribe to our exclusive content. It's called Down on the Farm with the Boys. $1.99 a month, you can make this your one-stop shop for all things rangers organization wide so go to our spotify page or go to our website texasrangerswiththeboys.com all in word and subscribe today don't mind that i flipped it over hey, there. We're, we're, real quick well we're we're flipping scripts let's remind everybody that the uh texas rangers are just one half game behind houston as we speak here thursday morning and uh they're also tied with the mariners for that last spot in the playoff uh, uh, in the playoff uh, chase, and uh, they're one game behind Toronto for the second wild card, and they're uh, they're a tiebreaker ahead of Seattle. Mm-hmm. So right now, if the season were to end, the Rangers are firmly in the playoffs, but it, it could change this weekend because things are going to be completely different this weekend. And, and at some point at the end of this weekend, the Rangers or the Mariners will be one game ahead of each other. Absolutely. And just don't forget the Rangers also hold that tiebreaker against Toronto if that were to happen. So absolutely ready ready to talk about uh, these box scores, man, because we've got some good ones finally to talk about. 
Yeah, it's been a while, it feels like, since we've talked about some games where the Rangers really looked better. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I'm not going to say – I don't think Tuesday night they looked real good, but I thought they looked a lot better. I thought they got pretty good pitching from Evaldi. He did have a, a lapse in command there, and I want to say the third inning. Yeah, the third inning, Boston got mm-hmm. a couple of runs across, and it was and it was typical Rangers stuff too because it was not like a bunch of hard-hit balls or anything like that. It was – you know, balls with eyes and balls that died, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So it wasn't, so you weren't really super worried about it. And then in the, uh, the, uh, the seventh, I just want to say that, that when Bochy got thrown out of the game, um, uh, <laughs> he was right, man. I mean, there were two balls in the strike zone in that at bat that were called balls and, I mean, then on top of that, after Bochy gets thrown out of the game, the next ball is a is a ball hit to Corey Seager that was going to be a tough play to turn to, regardless. And he ends up throwing it into the into the into right field or whatever, or down the line a little bit. But he doesn't even have to make that play. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's just a simple throw over to first, and they're out of the inning with nothing across. If that, you know, if if the umpire you know, is in the strike zone. And I, I want to say that it was Ben May behind the play plate okay. on Friday. And he was, I mean, or on Wednesday and he was struggling, man. I mean, when you look at it, he had a negative score yesterday on his, on his uh, umpire scorecard. Uh, so, I mean, he, he did, he struggled. And, um, you know, sometimes it, it, it affects the, the ball game a little more than you'd like. Um, but, but anyways, you tell you get, you get rid of that, you get past that. The one run from the bullpen was an unearned for Heaney. Um, so the bullpen, I mean, was really good behind Evaldi. Uh, Stratton was good. Like I said, Heaney had a little bit of a tough break. But, man, Chapman came in and, and cleaned up his mess, no problem. Like, yeah. I mean, that was the that was the Chapman that we traded future Cy Young Cole Raggins away for. You know, like that was what – that was well, the guy that – Notably you – know, Notably, it wasn't in a safe situation, which I think needs to be noted. It's notable. Well, okay, that- so here's the thing on that, too, is that, like, they like the idea of Chapman cleaning that problem up right there and then getting them the extra inning against four, mm-hmm. five, six, and then allowing LeClerc to face seven, eight, nine in the bottom half of the inning. Very strategic. Yeah, it was, and uh, I heard Bochi talking with Eric Nadell yesterday while we were on our way to the game that uh, basically, like, even with him being ejected, he's down in the clubhouse watching the game with Heaney. Mike Maddox is coming down, like, getting ideas of what they can do. So he's still very much a part of everything they're doing, even though he's been ejected. So, <laughs> Oh, man, you just love the old-school manager but I was but really I happy it, to see that. How about unless and they noted it on the broadcast, but how about Bochi was like, no, 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 you're not. I'm not leaving here till I tick you off, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Until right. you show me that I pissed you off, I'm not. I'm not leaving. Yeah, I, no. I loved that. That was so hilarious. The announcers made note of it too. Just a heck of a lot of fun. That's part of what we love about too. baseball. And the, and you saw it too that he did eventually get to it. Like he yeah. eventually said something and it might've been that CS word that they talk about in Bull Durham that definitely get you an ejection, but I doubt it. He seems like he's a pretty, he seems like he's a pretty nice fella, even when he's upset. 
<laughs> but, yeah, really good pitching from the Rangers. And I want to point out that Eovaldi did throw, I want to say, 85 pitches or yeah. pitches and worked himself through five innings. So mm-hmm. I would say probably his next start out, which is getting close to probably his last one of the season. But it should be, it should be at full strength. And you should see, he probably will have two starts the rest of the way, and they should both be at full strength. Absolutely. And and a couple of quick notes before we move on. Oh, we haven't even talked about the hitting yet. Right, right. That's (laughs) what I was going to make note to, uh, was that, you know, Jonah Heim has, I mean, he has gone from a liability to a major asset in in that lineup. I mean, he has come up with so many key hits uh, over these last few weeks that, I mean, it really... I'm just really happy to see him back. And it goes back to the fact that we had talked about before, like, Hey, for better or worse, like this guy has earned the right to be on this team and to get at bats regardless of his condition. And you can see it now paying off that faith that the, well, there that they was, had in him. there was the question of whether he was healthy. And yep. once he was able to kind of prove that it was, it was more of a timing and not a health thing. You know, you started to see it, and now he's more in those gaps again, and he's starting to put uh, the barrel of the ball, bat on the ball again. And uh, you know, I want to, I want to also shout out Adolis Garcia on that ten pitch walk mm-hmm. that he threw right in front of Himes' double. So that was a that was a big. I thought that was a big spot in the game, and then also Garcia scoring from first on that yep. too. I mean, that was a, a you know for a guy that's coming off of the DL with a, a knee injury, like for him to score from first on that ball, that was huge. Um, I thought uh, Simeon, another good night from Simeon. He just kind of does it, you know, I mean. Yeah, night in, night out. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, there were, there was a lot like Tavares right now has probably been one of their better players. Um yeah. It's just they're getting it from spots that, like we talked about in the very first of the season, you know, like like you're, they're getting it from spots that they weren't expecting it from, and and man, I mean, I'm telling you, like it's been it's been a lot of fun to watch them play uh, the last couple of nights for sure, but then also the past couple of weeks, even with the tough games in Cleveland, um, that the Toronto series was fun. They've won some games in Oakland, you know, so it's just getting to that point where, you know, we're having a bunch of fun watching Ranger baseball and some nights they're great and some nights they're not. But like at the the same time, man, if you'd have told me that they were playing playoff, playoff style baseball the last couple of weeks of the season at the beginning of the season, we'd all been happy. Then the expectations rose so far out of the out of the ground that you just couldn't, you couldn't uh, like, you couldn't be happy with just a playoff appearance anymore. And now we're back to that kind of that same spot where, man, we are happy with the playoff appearance. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, yeah, really enjoyed this game. Really enjoyed watching the Rangers get the W. And before we get to this next box score, I think you want to tell everybody about what's going on October 6th. Yeah. October 6th. We've been talking about it since the July 26th show, whenever, uh, um, Brent McKenzie tried to cost Damo his uh, Trinity River Heritage title against Angel Camacho. So um, to keep these guys at bay, they're going to put them in a cage. 
and we're going to have the very first ever Cowtown Cage match at the Ridgely Theater, just a little west of downtown Fort Worth, right there on Camp Bowie Boulevard. We're going to have the very first cage match. It's going to be the first Cowtown Cage match at Matt War Pros till the end. We've got a ton of huge matches. It's going to be a big show. I hope everybody comes out, joins us for the cage, joins us for all these big matches. But if you're really going to, I mean, like the reason to really come out and join us, we're going to have Big Dogs Hot Dogs out there serving up all the hot dogs. We're going to have Kelly's Onion Burgers. They're going to be out there with their world-famous uh, Fort Worth Smash Burgers. And then our our favorite, the Starry's Ice Cream. She's going to mm. be out there. She's going to be selling those cups of ice cream. And I'm telling you, get you one of those because it may change your life. Hey, <laughs> and, and while you're at it, I mean, head on over to Panther Records over there in Fort Worth, the Panther City Records down there, and, and just get you a couple of pints of that stuff. Mm. It's mm. worth it. It's worth it. I mean, it's, it's changed my life for the better. I now weigh 340 <laughs> pounds instead of 300. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. But also our friends over at Martin House uh, with the family in town, I've been uh, I've been feeding them those Martin House beers that I keep getting at the end of, uh, of shows because I'm like the odd man out, I guess. Like, hey, hey, there's all this beer here. Take it. Oh, well, since you've got my arm twisted, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, so uh, huge time, October 6th. It's going to start about 7, 7.30. Um, come on out. Enjoy a big night of pro wrestling. And uh, we're going to watch that cage match. I saw the pictures of the cage. It's got barbed wire on the top of it. Oh, yeah. Wild, That's what yeah. we're talking about. Well, kind of wild. And it fits around the ring to where they can, like, fight outside the ring and still oh, inside the cage. Oh, man. This is going to be a blast. I can't wait to be there. I hope to see you guys there. Come check it out. Come talk to us. And don't forget, our very own 300-pound animal will be adding uh, some big dude, Justin James, to the splash pile. So I'm going to start out with this box score. I'm going to jump right into it with – Five in, five innings and two thirds, eight strikeouts from Martin Perez and Jonathan Hernandez, which obviously the offensive explosion from the Rangers is great. But but and we have seen that all year. But man, to get that kind of to get that kind of haul from the bullpen when John Gray had a struggle to see him pick him up like that, um, and even Will Smith who had really struggled as well um, for the bullpen to only surrender one run over the rest of the game. Well, oh, and, and remember that that run came with two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning in, or in the top of the ninth inning in a 15-4 to four ball game. Exactly, too. exactly, exactly. It's totally different if we're talking about a one-run game here. So bullpen was spectacular. We've already talked about Perez. Um, John Gray, again, he has struggled, but well, you know what? one good start away from, from turning it around. And really, I don't even know if it's one good start. I think it's one pitch in a situation where he needs it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, because he got two quick outs in the first inning yesterday and then a borderline pitch that, I mean, was clearly in the strike zone, was not called a strike. So you got to be able to move on from that. Uh, Duvall ended up getting him. I mean, and by getting him, I mean, we're walking in the center field concourse and it goes over our head. Yeah. So I mean, he he got him, but um, <laughs> but the Rangers bats said, "Hey, look, we got your back too." And uh, you know, John Gray he gave up a couple of home runs, and uh, uh, you know, the the one walk was really the biggest, in my opinion. Like that one walk was the real killer, 
and uh you know and it really shouldn't have been because i mean it was a strike but but whatever you gotta get past that that's not yep. uh, you know that's not that's not something you could just hold your hat on as strike zone because it's discretion and we all know that the umpires are are very inconsistent and it's hard to be an umpire you know it's it's tough it's not like you know it, it it's not like these guys aren't going out there and doing their best and trying to put their best foot forward so it's not like it's uh malicious no. you know what i'm saying it's they, not they don't they don't want to they don't want to get hammered on social media all day every day for every day of their life during the baseball season they they no, don't want that i promise absolutely you absolutely not <laughs> and and you know it kind of just you, you kind of saw things going pretty well from the get go the other day because or for yesterday because you know Simeon had that walk i know that they didn't do anything within that first inning <laughs> but yeah. you're like you're like okay well Brian Bellows a good pitcher. You're going to have some, you know, it's going to take a little something to get to him. And in that second inning, I mean, it just erupted. You know, mm-hmm. Young, Garcia, both got on in front of Heim. And you're pretty you're pretty stoked on that inning just if Heim just does the, hits that three-run blast and you're back in the game, right? You know, like, mm-hmm. but then, you know, Garver behind him hits a home run. And then the I think the most important thing in that whole thing was after Garver hits the home run to tie it, like mm-hmm. it could have very easily went one, two, three right behind that. No. And Didn't. yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but Tavares has a good at bat where he gets on base. Carter doubles into the gap. Oh, actually, Carter just doubled to the left fielder. It yeah. wasn't like it was in the gap. He just hit that ball to the left field, and he took no, second. I mean, like, throw me out then, you know? like Dude, I, I, I thought the same thing you just said. I was like, it almost seemed like he just turned a single into a double. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was kind of like towards the gap, you know? Like, yeah. it was uh, – and, and, you know, right there But it was kind of a that. push, you know? Like, it wasn't like a, a drive. It was kind of a push. You yeah. know, he kind of like – he kind of popped it. He didn't – you know, he didn't really lean into it. So, no, that was – you 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 took the words out of my mouth with that. Yeah, and, and, you know, honestly, I mean, second and third, nobody out right there. Simeon to, to get that right there. In the first two innings, uh, um, I want to say that Seeger and Lowe uh, combined for four of the six outs with the two ground balls that they – ground ball double plays that they – that they grounded into. So if Seeger and Lowe are the guys that are counting for four of the six outs in the inning, could be worse, you know? Like, I mean, yeah. it really could be. Yeah, I mean, and, they're, they're just the, – the box score alone is just lit up. But I, I think – and again, I think the – we've already talked a little bit about Heim, but the young the young players in this lineup – and again, I know that Simeon contributed here, Dallas contributed, Heim contributed. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, Garver contributed, but – I'm talking about like Josh Young, Leody Tavares, Evan Carter, and I'm going to throw Jonah Heim in the mix too because he's still kind of one of these younger guys. Yeah. I mean, this is the this is the future of this organization. This is the youth of this organization coming out and showing up. And how good was it to see Josh Young get back on the get back in the saddle and hit that opposite field home run? That how many of those has he hit this year where it looked like he just kind of hit a kind of a, a long pop up and that thing just flew to that uh, right field gap. What's funny is it looked good off the bat from where we were at. Like I was like, oh, that thing's going to leave. And then <laughs> I was kind of shocked when it just scraped the wall. Yeah, because it looked kind of like a like a hard hit pop-up. You know, it looked like he just missed it uh, from the telecast. But 
when it went out, I wasn't surprised just because he's hit a, a good amount of home runs at that right in that spot in that pitch. It's almost like he he kind of leans into it. If you watch the way he swings, he kind of falls into his swing a little bit, and it's kind of like he just leans into those pitches right in that spot on the, the on the outside part of the plate, and it just the ball just carries if he can get the right launch angle uh, I, I, on the ball. Yeah, I agree, and I, I think. You know, and another really nice day from Leody Tavares yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, two hits. And, and he was, what, about five feet shy of a grand slam? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So Evan Carter, man, geez, dude. Like, what can you say about a guy hitting two, getting two, hitting a double, and then that missile? The two home runs he's hit have both been, like, missile line drives, like balls that just, you know, just. Yeah, and, and kind of no like doubt are home runs, too. What's that? And kind of no doubter home runs, too. Right. And I remember when we were, you know, like having watched a few of his games on TV and then also we've watched them live. And it's just he has this easy power where, you know, he hits sometimes, you know, we haven't seen a lot of these. We've seen him like you've seen him almost get him with when he fouls pitches off. But he'll take like an outside pit, a pitch on the outside part of the plate. And I mean, just absolutely rope it uh, to to left field opposite yeah. way. We haven't quite got to see some of that, but when he hits home runs, it almost feels like it's just easy. It's just kind of got that easy power. Doesn't look like it, but the, the guy really launches the ball off the bat. And that's why I compare him a lot to Corey Seager. Because when you look at Seager, I mean, you look at Ardalis Garcia, and if you were to say, hey, this guy is the got the highest, you know, exit velocity on the team, you go, of course. Look, I believe the guy's got legs on his shoulders, you know, like yeah. guys for arms. But Corey Seager's probably the guy that leads the team in exit velocity. And – it, it, he doesn't look it, and that's how I like to compare Evan Carter too. It's just, just has that has that natural kind of, I guess you call it physiology, uh, has the ideal build for a great, uh, great snap on his swing. And we've all seen those guys growing up playing ball, that just kind of those lanky dudes that can create that kind of that whip with the yep. bat. So really love seeing this from the young players. Well, in this game. One, one more ahead. thing before we get out of here, I want to say on uh, Evan Carter. Is I think that one full year of having Major League Baseball offseason with their strength and conditioning program that they're going to put him on, you're going to see him come back probably 10 or 15 pounds heavier next year and fill out that jersey a little bit more. <laughs> and, you know, in, 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 all, in, all, in all actuality, um, you know, if, if he, he – looking at Seager tells you you don't have to be Adolis Garcia – uh, to have no, that kind of power, no, but I'm with you. Not, but uh, but I'm with you. I think a little pounds. bit of few extra lbs help you help you last. He doesn't. Season. He doesn't have to wear the 32 and look like Hamilton while he's wearing it. He just <laughs> uh, you know just has to be and look like a. You know, he's still at 20, just turning 21 years old. About a month ago, he just still has the his boyhood frame. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yep. Yep. He's growing grow into, into it. it. Yeah, he'll grow into it, but he's a big kid. And like you said, I mean, he does kind of remind you of Seager a little bit at the plate and kind of in appearance and all of that. But, yeah, really good win for the Rangers. You don't get a lot of run rules in Major League Baseball, but uh, I saw something like that, that that's like the 15th time the Rangers have won by 10 runs or something like the, that. It's like mm-hmm. the most since like the 56 Brooklyn Dodgers or something like that. It's like wow. some out-of-control stat that, Probably Jared Sandler threw at me yesterday on a post game show that I overheard and was like, "Whoa!" 
Well, I don't have anything else, man. I'm ready to sign out of here if you are. Yeah, because we don't have a game tonight. The Rangers will be off tonight, and they'll be back on the ball um, this weekend, and it's a huge series. So get out to the ballpark. Um, I know I can't be there every night, but uh, you know, try and get out there and take my place and, and get you a seat out there in the right field bleachers or right field stands because it's a lot of fun out there right now. And, and uh, you know, sections 128 to 133 are starting to rock. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. We really appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, don't forget to check us out. Social media, TX Rangers WTB. Don't forget to check out our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. One word. On there, you can subscribe to our exclusive content, Down on the Farm with the Boys, for just $1.99 a month to get your minor league uh, fill of this organization. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite or follow us on your favorite podcasting platform, Spotify, iTunes, yada, yada, yada. For the 300-pound minimal, this is your boy, Kev. We are Texas Rangers with the boys.